Praise the Lord. Tonight, my wife is married to someone her own age. Tomorrow, she'll be married to an older man. Thank you for all your well wishes this morning, and uh, may the Lord bless you. Brother Galoni, great to have you with us. Brother, come. Preach. I think I'm supposed to use that iPad. <laughs> I just, that's good. Thank you, Pastor. It is such an honor and a blessing to be here tonight again with this awesome church that we've been visiting over the years. And you've been so kind to us. And we love you and appreciate your friendship, your the brotherhood, the fellowship that we feel here, this kinship we feel here. Amen. You know I have a family here, a large family, but we also have another family here, and it's right here at Christian Apostolic Church. Praise God. And that goes back a long ways. 1971, God delivered me from a, a world of sin, and I thank God, and it was so good to come back and find a church here in Newark, Ohio. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful time of year it is. I look out, and I think, is that snowing? But it's leaves snowing everywhere, leaves coming down everywhere, and there's a beautiful time of year to be here, and uh, we're thankful for that. We give honor tonight to this awesome pastor and wife, the show strands. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I commend you for taking the time this morning to appreciate your pastor and his wife and their ministry, praise God, and what they do here. And, and that is fitting, and it should be in order. Let's never be like the children of Israel. They had probably the greatest pastor that ever lived. Moses. Forty years he carried them on his heart and on his back through a wilderness journey. Brought them out of Egypt. And when he passed away, the Bible says they mourned for 30 days. What a great send-off. But what about the 40 years when he was living? Never once do we read anyone said thank you. We love you, Moses. But the Bible's filled with, as we said, you mentioned this morning, the grumbling, the complaining, you know, the slandering against their pastor. Let's never be like that. But every opportunity, whether it be an anniversary, a birthday, it's too bad your birthday falls on pastor appreciation. <laughs> to appreciate the pastor and his wife. And I commend you for that. Of course, I want to say also honoring his father and Mother has pastored many, many years. They deserve honor. Let's give them a, an honor. Amen. There's something about a pastor's ministry that it's just, you, you have to have it. He mentioned, Pastor mentioned that when Tim came to California in 1972, he didn't know what he was getting into. He came out there, pretty, a lot of rough edges, and he was ready to take on the world of California. And just so happened, we were in a Sunday school conference with Elder and Sister Meng, <laughs> and took him to that first service, and that was a change of life. He was baptized around midnight that night after service. We took him home, baptized him in Jesus' name, and he, as he said, just kept going on for the Lord. We wanted to keep him, but he had roots here that were pretty deep. But I want to say this. He came home and he didn't know anybody here in this apostolic way. And he was at home. And I had contacted Brother Newstrand. And I know on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, guess what? Pastor shows up all the way out on Satin's Bridge Road to pick him up. That's what a pastor does. 
Without a pastor, many of us are not going to make it. Amen. We need to appreciate our pastor. And you appreciate your pastor. What a message this morning. Clean house. Whoa. I want to preach that somewhere sometime. What a great message he has preached to us. Doesn't it feel nice to go visit somebody in a clean house? I've visited people where I think, man, feel kind of creepy. Because it's altogether different than a clean house. It's good to enter into a clean house. I want to tell you something. When people from the world walk into this place, they feel something when it's a clean house. There's no bitterness. There's no slander. There's no backbiting. There's none of that stuff because we've cleaned out the house. Praise God. And thank God for those who came and made that dedication, that soul searching this morning. And that's God cleanse me again. I don't know about you, but I do that on a regular basis because I want a clean house when the Lord comes. Praise God. Talking about honoring our pastor, our shepherd. There is another shepherd we want to honor right now before we go to the word of the Lord. The chief shepherd. His name is Jesus. Would you stand with me right now? Let's give the chief shepherd, amen. The Lord is our good shepherd. Let's love him again. Let's exalt him again. Let's magnify the name above all names. We worship you, God. We thank you for this grace and this mercy that you give unto us. We would not make it, Lord, without you. We thank you for loving us when we were unlovely and unworthy. You loved us and brought us in. You shed your blood. You gave your life for us. We thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22. Thank you Tracy up there in the video booth. She's put a lot of time in trying to get all this together for me. And I appreciate it very much. Matthew 10 verse 22. Now you read with me or watch me so I read it correctly. Okay. Praise God. And ye shall be loved... Of all men. And ye shall be honored. And respected. Not what it says. You shall be hated. Of all men. For my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end. Shall be saved. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, that will be tested, tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I want to talk to you tonight and encourage you to never give up. Never give up. Never give up, praise God. Let's thank God today for his word. And we thank God many times for His presence, His Spirit. But His Word is a gift unto us. We have to have it. Lord, we thank You for the Word of God tonight. We want to hide it in our heart. We want to, Lord, cherish it, read it, meditate in it, and let it become a part of our life. Thank You for the reading of the Word tonight. Bless it to our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Why don't you say it with me one more time. Never give up. You may be seated. I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember as a child the, the Aesop fable story of the tortoise and the hare. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, the tortoise, you know, he uh, just creeping along and 
the hare, the rabbit, making fun. You know, I can outrun you, and he's faster, he's quicker, you know, more agile. But you know the story, how that he got distracted and had other things to do because he had it all together. But that old tortoise just kept plugging away, one step at a time, just kept moving forward. And you know what? The tortoise came out ahead. Why? He never gave up. He never gave up. He, he was not the fastest. He may not have been the most qualified for the task, but he be, succeeded because he never gave up. And then, of course, there's the story of the little train that said, I can. I think I can. Where all the other trains, the bigger trains, the bigger engines, said, you know what, that's not for me. I'm, they refused the task of carrying the load up the hill. But the little train said, I think I can. And the little train got on that hill. It was steep. It was seemingly insurmountable. But you know the story. You know the moral. He said, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And just kept trying and keeping on. Never giving up. Never letting down. And you know what? We know the story. He reached the top of the hill because he just never gave up. I wondered, Pastor, do parents still teach these little stories to their children with life principles? I thought of another one that I think we all need to teach our kids is that story that the little red hen. Anybody know the story of the little red hen? If you don't know it, you ought to find out and tell your kids. It's a great story. We're not going to preach about that tonight, but the story there goes, hard work pays off. I said hard work pays off, but laziness always leads to poverty. But that's another lesson for another night. Tonight, let's focus on never give up. Jesus is speaking in our Bible reading tonight to his disciples. Those we call believers, and today we call them Christians. He let them know. Any Christians here tonight? Any believers here tonight? We all are called to be disciples of Christ. He let them know that the road is not always going to be easy. He said, you will be hated, as you reminded me. Despised, di disregarded, laughed at at times, ridiculed at times, mocked, rejected, spoken evil of, and yes, some of you have put out of the synagogues and even be persecuted for my name's sake. It's not going to be an easy road. And they that endureth to the end, they that never give up, never give in, never throw in the towel, they are going to make it, praise God. Now notice he did not say, those who never sin. He did not say those who never make a mistake. Or those who never fall short. Because the truth is, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And even after coming to God and being born again of water and the Spirit, there's times we fall short and we make mistakes and we don't always measure up to the perfect ideal that we know is right. But thank God we can get back up. Thank God we can get back to church and get back in the altar and say, Lord, I'm never giving up. I may have made a mistake. I may have fallen short. But I am not giving up. Praise God. Those who never give up, never give in, like the tortoise, keep plodding along, keep trying, keep moving upward into God's glory, they're going to make it. Now I want to burst your bubble tonight, but did you know that there are apostolic, one God apostolics in the book of Acts that gave up? Look at this. 
Acts chapter 26, the Apostle Paul is, is reminiscing or talking about his past. And he said, I punish, as Saul of Tarsus, I punish them often in every synagogue. And he compelled some to blaspheme. Some said, you know, I can't take it anymore. And they blasphemed and, and evidently recanted their faith because of the persecution. Then he says to this young pre about this young preacher, I hate to say it, but there's some young preachers that haven't made it. Demas, young up-and-coming minister under the Apostle Paul, Paul says, Demas has forsaken me. What wrong, Demas, having loved this present world? Demas got his eyes on the world and like the, the hare, the rabbit, got his eyes on things instead of the race that was set before him. And then in 1 Timothy, Paul prophesies about the last days, the latter days. We're living in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith. We're living in la the latter times. And he says, some are going to depart from the faith. But I believe some like right here tonight say, I'm never giving up. I'm never giving up. In John chapter 6, the Lord is giving an intense Bible study, if you will, a revelation about discipleship and commitment. And finally it comes to the end, and the Bible says here in John 6, verse 66, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They couldn't take it. Then Jesus said to the twelve, what about you? Will you go away also? And then Peter said unto him, he said, Lord, to whom will we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. Put it in what I'm talking about tonight. Lord, I'm going to make it. I don't know about the others, but this man, I am going to make it. I'm never giving up. The football coach used to tell us this. Winners never quit, and quitters never win. Winners never quit, never give up. I may be down, but I'm not out. But you know, quitters are never going to make it. Let's talk about St. Peter. I believe Peter made it. But St. Peter wasn't always the best of a saint. Number one, on, when he had that revelation, Matthew 16, he's at the pinnacle, if you will, of revelation. The Lord said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And it just came, that revelation, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was on a pinnacle, if you will, of revelation of who Jesus was. But immediately Christ began to tell him about the cross that's coming up. And he said, no, we're not having a cross. You're not going. He rebuked Jesus. But then Jesus rebuked him. Get thee behind me, Satan. He went from a pinnacle of revelation to Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. Whoa, that would blow you away. And then at the, what we call the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, they're sitting around the table and the Lord began to tell them that the shepherd will be smitten and the, the sheep shall be scattered. And they realized he's talking about us. And Peter broke in and just immediately began to boast and say, Lord, these all, these eleven might reject you. Or they might deny you, but I'll never deny you. I'll die for you, Jesus. And Jesus, not, don't talk so fast, Mr. Boaster, because this night you're going to deny me three times. I said, Peter had a lot of mistakes. And then they went out that night to pray, and the Lord said, Lord, to Peter and James and John, I wish you'd pray with me. I'm very heavy right now. I've got a heavy burden on my life, and, and I wish you'd pray with me. And where did Peter do when he should be praying? 
Should have been at four o'clock prayer. Where was he? He was sleeping when he should have been praying. And then, of course, as they leave the garden, they're getting ready to leave the garden of prayer, and the mob has come up, and, and uh, Peter, again, impulsive, jumping out without really any wisdom, grabs a sword, cuts somebody's ear off, and again, the Lord rebukes him, rebuffs him. Put your sword away. How would you think if you're Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan. You're going to deny me three times and put your sword away. Why can't you pray? You know what? You're really, my, I'm making a lot of mistakes. I'm not doing so well. And finally, he denies the Lord three times. Peter had many setbacks. He may not have been the most qualified for the day of Pentecost. But Peter said, you know what? I'm never giving up. I've been down. I've made some mistakes. I've said it wrong. I didn't get it right. But I am going to make it. I'm in this to stay, praise God. I'm going to make it. By the grace of God, I'm going to make it. Some of you right here tonight, I believe, know exactly what Peter went through. Because maybe you've made some mistakes. The Lord didn't say, if you never make a mistake, if you never fall down, if you never fall short, just keep enduring. And you're here tonight because you got back up. And you responded to a message like this morning and got back in the altar and said, God, I messed up, but you know what? I am going to make it. Never give up. Now the Apostle Paul, he's a different story. Peter wasn't the most qualified. Peter may not have been the most gifted, the most talented. He had a lot of setbacks. But the Apostle Paul was a very qualified individual. A brilliant man. He said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Educated, qualified. But he had some obstacles in his path as well. Everywhere he went, opposition faced him. It seemed like it was a revival or a riot or both. The Jews opposed him, the Gentiles, the, you know, the Gentiles, the Romans, everywhere he went, there was opposition. I believe Brother David read it this morning, and then he put that up. I thought, there's my message. He's going to preach my message. But here's Paul's uh, kind of a recap of his ministry. He sums it up this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are troubled on every side. Here, everywhere we go, turn around, there's trouble, 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 trouble. But well, what are you going to do? Yet not distressed. In other words, we're not giving up. Just because there's trouble everywhere we turn, just because there's opposition in the air, we're not giving up. We're going to continue on. And today, 2020, has been a tough year, hasn't it? There's been troubles everywhere you turn around. But thank God there's still an apostolic church meeting on Sunday night, inviting people to the house of God because we're not giving up. Then he said, we're troubled on every side. We're perplexed. I don't know how you, what that exactly means. That I don't know what to do. Perplexity. I don't know what to do with this one. And there's been times I know that probably every pastor is probably wondering, I don't know what to really do about this. Paul said, we've been perplexed, but not in despair. In other words, we didn't quit. We never gave up. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. In other words, all these things came against us, but through it all, we never gave up. I thought about this congregation and those I know. Brother Post, raise up that left hand. He had to figure out which one it was. <laughs> Praise God. Remember the night that that happened to you and you lost all those fingers? That was a dark hour. 
a dark day. A lot of tears. God, what is going on? Why is this happening? Will I ever be the same again? But he's sitting there tonight because he never gives up. Amen. He never gives up. He never gives up. Life can be tough. Life can be difficult. Life brings things no one wants to have. But you say, you know what? I'm still going to be in the house of God. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to lift this hand for Jesus. Praise God. My brother Tim there, we want to say I thank you for all your prayers for our family, for my wife going through the year of fighting the cancer. And thank God she's clean and uh, over that now. We would thank you for your prayers on your prayer list for her and, and for my brother Tim. But I know Tim went through some valleys, some dark times. But he said, I'm not giving up. I know there was a time, Tim, we talked on the phone. He felt like, I don't know if I can go on. But he had a church praying, a pastor and pastor's wife and a wife and family members praying, you're going to make it. And he's here tonight. Because you get in your heart. Things may get dark and maybe get tough, but I'm going to make it. I'm never giving up. Jesus said, when you walk, or the, the, the good shepherd, the, David said, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You know why? He's with me. The Lord's with us. Amen. I commend you, Tim, for going through that dark hour, never, ever giving up. Listen, to the, here's the key, I believe, to Paul's victorious life. Verse 16 of the same chapter we just read, 2 Corinthians 4. For which cause... The cause of Christ, the cause of the gospel. We faint not. We never give up. We keep getting back. But though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Paul's focus was always on the inner man, not the outer man. The spiritual man. Verse 17, for our light affliction, we just but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding weight of eternal glory. He had a, a prize in mind, an eternal prize in mind. Verse 18, while we look, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not th seen are eternal. The key to Paul's victory was he always kept his eyes on the eternal things, on the eternal prize of God in his life. Not on the temporary things of this life. And we can lose these things. And they change daily. But thank God that never changes that promise of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul said, I press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Notice Paul didn't say, I'm soaring like an eagle. I'm running the race the fastest. I'm not even walking. There's times that it gets so difficult. Maybe Paul said, I'm just pressing. But I am moving forward. I'm not going back. I'm pressing towards a mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Maybe there's times when you feel like I'm not on top of the mountain. But just keep moving upward. Keep moving upward. Pastor mentioned going through Bud's training and being in the SEAL team. The key of graduating into SEAL team, out of the SEAL training into the SEAL teams, is you've always got to keep your eyes on the goal, on the teams, the goal of, that, of getting into the teams. The day that I went through training, it's kind of changed now, they've put a new training program together, but we were on one side of the highway. There's a highway 75 that divides the base there. On one side is the teams, the SEAL teams. The other side is the training unit. 
And we always kept looking to the other side of the street. That's what I'm looking for. To get over there. Sometimes when you look around, you've got to keep looking over there. Keep looking over there. We're not there yet. And that might be you're going through a hell week. You're going through some dark, cold, difficult times. But keep your eyes on the over there. On the eternal things. On the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Winston Churchill was in the midst of the greatest conflict of modern time. We call it World War II. In the middle of that great fight for freedom, he gave a very famous speech to rally the British people and all the British allies, the U.S. allies, together to victory. The title was simple, Never Give Up. We must never give up. We must never give in. And as airstrikes were being rained down even on London, they were in a very dark hour as the Nazi forces were threatening to land on their beaches. He got up and he said, we're going to face blood, toil, sweat, and tears. We will have shortcomings and we will make mistakes. We will experience many disappointments. But if we're ever going to win this war, we must never give up. And he said this, his statement, never give in. Never, 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 never in nothing great or small, large, or petty. Never give in except for your convictions to honor and of good sense. And Winston Churchill led a generation into victory because he said we must never give up and never give in. Saints of God, we are in a conflict tonight. There is a spiritual warfare in our midst, around the world, around America, right here in this locality. There is a spiritual warfare here. And we're not looking to a Winston Churchill, to a government, or to a governor, or to a mayor. We're looking to the captain of our salvation. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'll let us know there's going to be some difficulties. There might be some rough days. There might be some discouragements. There might be some disappointing times. But if you're ever going to make it, if you're going to be victorious, you must never give up. He said to the disciples, You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth, he that never gives up, he that continues to the end, he shall be saved, praise God. And many years later, the very brother of Jesus, his name was James, after serving the Lord many years, came to the end of his life and wrote this encouragement or this letter called the book of James. We have James chapter 1. He said this, Blessed is the man that endureth temptations. He'd been through some things. He's seen some things now. You've got to endure temptation for when he is tried, and you will be tried. You shall receive a crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. To be crowned, you've got to finish the race. To be crowned, you must get to the finish line. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts chapter 20 was meeting, in fact you might call that one of the first pastor appreciations ministries because they gathered around him and when they knew he wouldn't be back anymore they wept and cried and made him to know they loved him and appreciated him so much. But in that chapter 20 of the book of Acts there are some that came forth and said, Paul, the Lord's revealed to us that if you do continue on this journey up to Jerusalem imprisonments and, and bonds and suffering and afflictions will await you there. So, Paul, we, 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 we admonish you, we encourage you, we advise you, don't go that way because there's false disciples there, there there's those haters of the, the message there, and they're going to imprison you and they're going to falsely accuse you, Paul. But he said this to their revelations, 
about suffering and, and imprisonment. Verse 24 of Acts 20, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course. I'm on a race. I've got a calling. I'm on a journey. And I'm going to finish this journey that God's called me in. With joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul had made up his mind. I'm never giving up. It doesn't matter what they do out there. I'm going to finish my course. Every single Christian has a calling and a course in their life. It may not be in the pulpit or in the praise team, but we all have a course of God in life. Never let anything deter you from finishing that course. God has for you. In your family, in your Sunday school maybe, in a ministry somewhere, God has a plan for you. Paul made up his mind and he kept focused on heavenly things. Peter was determined to keep, to keep getting back up after mistake, after mistake, after mistake. What about us in 2020? I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we've made up our minds. We're never going to give up. Life may get hard. You might get a report from a doctor and say, we're sorry to tell you, but that lump is cancer. You don't know what tomorrow holds. No matter what, we're going to keep living for God. Amen. Pastor's talking this morning in his message, great message. I keep referring back to it. It's such an awesome lesson about singing. The saints of God, sometimes life music isn't altogether what we want to hear. And the job's not going well. And things aren't going right. And the music of life isn't good. But you know what? I'm still going to come to the house of God. I'm going to sing unto him the songs of praise. I'm still going to lift my hand, lift my voice, lift my heart up to praise Jesus. No matter what my song of life is. Amen. The race may be long and the hill may be steep. But I'm just going to keep climbing, keep reaching up to God. Friends may reject us, they may ridicule us, they may push us aside, but I say this, Jesus Christ will never leave us or never forsake us. Some may call us fools for Christ. I'd rather be a fool for Christ than a slave to sin. Serving Him. Like the little tortoise, keep on running. Keep on running. Like the little train, just keep on chugging. Now back in a long time ago, they used this term, keep on trucking. I haven't heard that for years. Keep on trucking. means keep on going. Don't give up. Don't give in. Never give in. Never give up. Here is the Apostle Paul's final testimony as I believe he's running that last lap. He's run that course. He's run that race. He's in prison. He knows that not long from now I'm going to be executed. Here's his testimony on his last lap. He says, I fought a good fight. Now he's thinking about, fight. I've been fighting. Now if any fighter knows, you get knocked down. And he probably thought, you know, I've been knocked down a few times. But I got back up. Didn't always have everything right. But I got back up. I've finished my course. I never quit. I kept running. I've kept the faith. I endured the persecution. I endured the, the stonings and the beatings and whatever it came to him for the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not me only, but unto all them. That love is appearing. 
If you and I want to be in that number and the all them that love is appearing, then we must never give up. Praise God. Praise God. The truth is, there's a world, and I don't want to get a, go out here with a, you know, an attitude like, oh, everybody hates me. No, but the world system, the world system is against the truth. And they hated Jesus, and the devil hates the church. But Jesus will never forsake us. He'll always be with us. He'll be with through our tests, through our trials. He'll never leave us. He was with Daniel in his lion's den. He was with the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. And he will be with us. With Paul on the shipwreck that night, the Lord, he, Paul said, The God whom I serve, his angel's been with me this night. I'm not alone on this shipwreck. And Peter's fi uh, uh, darkest hour when he had made all his mistakes and he was stumbling and bumbling around and the Lord took him aside and said, uh, Peter, Simon, Satan has desired to have you. To sift you like wheat. But Peter, I'm praying for you. You're going to make it. I believe in you, Peter. And Jesus would say that to any of us tonight who have stumbled and bumbled a little bit and haven't done everything right. He said, don't worry, I'm, I'm praying for you. And the pastor's praying for you. The church is praying for you. You're going to make it. Just keep on going. Praise God. Isaiah 54, and the music can come and be ready to close. Isaiah 54, verse 17, you know this scripture. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Do you hear that? No weapon against you shall prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's our promise. That nothing is going to come that we can't handle, praise God. In Isaiah 43, and verse 2, the Lord says, When you pass through the water... It's the flood. It's the overflow that's against you. I will be with you. Through the rivers they shall not overflow you. My fellow saint of God, never give in. Never give up. You can make it. Praise God. Think about that little train that kept saying, I can. I think I can. That's just a story written by, uh, I think his name was Piper. Waddy Piper. and It's got a good meaning to it. A good uh, lesson there. But I want to add something to it. For us spiritual people, trying to get up that hill, trying to climb that insurmountable mountain, you're not alone. You may think you're chugging and you're pushing, but I want you to know something. Jesus Christ has a hand on you. Jesus has a hand on you. He's pushing you up. He's pulling you up. He's keeping you going. You may not do it on your own. In fact, the great Merle Ewing, which we miss his great songs and his great song, You're Gonna Make It. He would say this. He said, it's not your pedigree that counts. It's Calvary that counts. It's not how many degrees behind you. Thank God for degrees of education. But that's not what's going to get me there. Calvary's going to get me there. I can go to the altar and say, God, refuse me. Refresh me. Forgive me. I've stumbled. I've been like Peter. Merle Ewing's song went like this. Only the strong are going to make it. And only the brave are going to win. So fight till you can't fight any longer. Then stand up and fight again. Jesus knew you had what it takes to make it. He knows you've got it what it takes. He's believing in you. That's the reason he called your name. He knew you'd love him in the sunshine. And now he's hoping you'll love him in the rain. So you and he together can win over and over again. Stand with me tonight. And the chorus goes, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. 
because you've got what it takes to win. You're going to make it as long as you and Jesus stay friends. I don't know what your policy is here, Pastor, because I know we're in the distancing, but if you want to gather, I guess, as best we can to sing and praise, let's go out here with, with victory in our heart, with a shout in our heart. If you want to step out and just magnify the Lord, because you're going to make it. If you and Jesus keep staying together, He's going to help you make it through. Let's sing. Let's praise Him together.